Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of Regardless of Reputation. This week we have a super, super exciting guest. I have Laura Smith here, and she is actually a matchmaker in Scotland. So we are going to talk about her experience and her journey getting there and how she matches couples and all that good stuff. So we're going to get into it. But first, I'm going to let Laura take it away for a second and give her a moment to introduce herself. So Laura, you want to take it away? Perfect. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, so everyone, I'm Laura Smith, the founder of Matchmade in Scotland, aka the Tartan Matchmaker. And yeah, I set up my company in November, uh, the 11th of November, National Singles Day 2020. <laughs> um, it basically came about after having a discussion with some single friends who were talking about their trials and tribulations of online dating. Uh, one had just been uh, on a socially distant date with someone who was a complete catfish. Oh. And the other one had just come across her boss on a dating app. So, and she had a meeting with him later, so she was not relishing that at all. <laughs> so I asked them, you know, would you not think of going to a matchmaker, using a matchmaker? And they were like, we've never thought about that. So we Googled it and there are none in Scotland. So I thought, well, why not? I've wow. worked in recruitment for 10 years. Um, and I've always been working with people and some shape or form and um, helping them get their dream jobs and now hopefully getting them their dream men or, or women and yeah I also am part of a group called Girl Gone International which is an amazing not-for-profit organization all across the world and what they do is they set up social events to help people who move to different cities and find their their girl tribe so i'm like helping people i i was a community manager for them in aberdeen the north of scotland and also in edinburgh in scotland where i am now and yeah that sounds amazing i mean what an awesome opportunity to first of all like take that gap in the market and make something of it and be able to connect all these people. And you've been doing that for a very long time, just in different senses, which is absolutely incredible. And I love that. Um, I'm so excited to just hear more about your process and okay, guys, it is my favorite part of the episode, we are at the two truths and a lie segment. So Laura has prepared her two truths and a lie. So Laura, you want to go ahead and tell us? Yeah, perfect. So um, my two truths and a lie are, I have traced my ancestry back to a high king of Ireland, have free swam with sharks. I have met a British prime minister and an Irish president and an Irish Taoiseach, which is kind of like a prime minister of Ireland. Okay, this is hard. <laughs> I'm going to guess that you haven't met. Oh, I feel like it's so specific with like meeting all those people. That's like, okay, I'm going to guess that that one's the lie. No. <laughs> it's not? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you want to reveal which ones are the truth and which one's the lie? I think it would be more fun if you chose between the last two. Okay, let's see. Well, then I'm going to guess the sharks, that you haven't swam with the sharks. No, I have. <laughs> I haven't 
uh, trace my ancestry back to the High King of Ireland. That would be pretty cool. That would um, be really cool. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> what? I, know I have. I swam with sharks in the Galapagos. It was amazing. So fun. I actually swam with sharks in Belize, and it was absolutely incredible. I loved the experience. Um, yeah, it's petrifying, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, okay, so how did you meet all those people then? Oh, so I'm from Northern Ireland, so I'm sure you guys are probably aware of all of the troubles that mm-hmm. exist there. So we do a lot of cross-community things in, in my school um, that I went to. The My head, the head of the school, the principal, um, was best friends with the president of Ireland, Mary McAleese, at the time. And um, it was during, you know, just just after the um, Good Friday Agreement in Northern Ireland and the Irish Taoiseach, which is like the Prime Minister, and the British Prime Minister, uh, Tony Blair, they came over to my city and they visited our school. They were um, invited by the Irish president to come. So it was pretty cool. We got to meet them all. Wow, that's really cool. Well, okay. You know, I have to tell you, I never, very rarely do I ever get the, my guesses right. I feel like I'm wrong pretty much every (laughs) single week. First of all, you, you are originally from Ireland, right? You moved to Scotland for university. And so you moved countries for you guys. It's not super far away, but for us, when we think like, oh, you move countries, that's like, you know, a huge thing here in the U.S. You're like really leaving. But do you want to talk a little bit about your experience, like moving countries and what it was like kind of having to connect with new people in a new place um, for university? I mean, it's always strange when you go to university, I think, especially Mm -hmm. if you go somewhere for you guys out of state or, you know, completely new because, you've always been in the situation where your friends you know you form your friend group from very young and they tend to you know go from with you from primary school to secondary school so it's the first time that you're actually out on your own and trying to navigate that whole how do I make friends thing so Mm -hmm. um again it's all about making like having common interests I think and for me, I made a lot of my friends from my course, which I studied French and Spanish. Um, I've also lived in France and Spain, so I've been used to like moving, moving places and having to start like a new friendship group again. Wow, so. that's awesome. I have to, okay, I just want to talk to you about traveling. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll I just actually, the theme of yeah, the just kidding. No, no more dating. <laughs> No, that's amazing. I went to, I haven't been to France yet, but when I backpacked Europe, I spent a lot of time in Spain and I fell in love. I loved it so much. It was absolutely incredible. Definitely. I cannot agree with you more. Um, It's so funny because even though I was doing all these changes, um, I guess, you know, when I went to Spain, there was a Facebook group for other English teachers in that time. So and that was quick. We just became friends automatically just out of that sort of commonality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I moved up to Aberdeen that I actually full on went. And it was actually doing the community manager role of Girl Gone International. I moved up to Aberdeen because I got offered um, this amazing job to start up a recruitment company there. And after about a month, the oil price crashed. Um. And 
I went up there on my own, but the thought was that I was going to set up the company and have people work for me. Mm-hmm. But then when the oil price crashed, that wasn't going to happen. So I spent a year there basically in an office on my own. Wow. So after about a month, I was like, right, how do I meet people? Because I'm not, it's not very common in the UK that a single woman would just go to a bar and just hang out. Really? And yeah, that's not very, I mean, it does happen, but it's not very common. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally wouldn't feel very comfortable doing that. So that's when I got in touch with Girl Gone International to see if I could open up their Aberdeen chapter. And then at the start, I was really worried because I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to facilitate all these other people making friends. And then because you're the host and you have to make sure that everyone's like doing mm-hmm. OK and whatever. But then I made so many friends and I was like every night of the week and just having living my best life. Oh, and I love it really that. pushed me out of my comfort zone. And yeah, it, 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 I find it so fulfilling, actually, because you would find these girls that come and they don't know anyone in the city and they're very unsure of themselves and you know just trying to kind of fit in and then everyone adds each other on Facebook and you know a week later you see that three of them that have all met at the event have gone out for coffee or gone out for drinks and that's so rewarding for me yeah and I I really really love that so whenever I I think that really kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone but in such a good way and I just find it so rewarding I was like this is something that I really love doing and I want to continue doing and even mm-hmm. getting messages afterwards saying oh thank you so much for um, facilitating this for, for me because I was feeling so lonely and now I feel like I find a really good group of friends after that year that I was uh, working there and the oil price was still going down and down not recovering uh-huh. I was like I really love living in Aberdeen I've got really good friends but my job is not fulfilling me and I really wanted to go traveling and I had wanted to go traveling for years but I never felt like I had the confidence to go on my own mm-hmm. and all of my friends were in different you know different areas of their life so mm-hmm. they're married with kids and others you know they weren't financially able to to go but the whole girl gone international thing has, has did made me realize I can make friends I can go on my own and I'll make friends so I went for six months on my own in South America oh wow I literally spent about five days not consecutively in six months on my own just you know I'd meet up with people which mm-hmm. happened for a while together then meet up with other people and um, so that was really great so I uh, yeah, love that it's funny because we're talking <laughs> we're not talking about dating at all it's all about travel I know so well <laughs> that's like my passion in life I love traveling so much um and solo travel I just love when I get to meet other women who have done the same thing and had that experience because I feel like it's the most empowering liberating thing and you just learn so much about yourself which is so important for every other aspect of your life too including dating because I feel like who I am now is not who I was three years ago before I did any of that by myself and had those experiences. And so it it has totally shaped my life as it sounds like it has done the same thing for you, which I just, I absolutely love. And also I'm all about like, girls are, girls can do so much and are so awesome. 
And then when they're ready and <laughs> want to, you know, find a partner and all that kind of stuff, that's amazing. But I, I love hearing about other women who have done all these things on their own. And I think it just makes them so much better for when, you know, they are ready to be in a relationship or, you know, kind of enter a different chapter of their life, which you also help them with, uh, which is incredible. And what kind of questions you ask them, all that kind of stuff. Like, what's your process? Yeah, certainly. So we've got like two types of members. So we have what we call active members, which are the people that would pay me to go out and, and find someone for them. And we have passive members, which are typically, you know, people that just, you know, they're interested in the matchmaking thing, but they're just kind of dipping their toes in the water. Mm -hmm. So we have a full consultation with them, with, with each of them, you know, the passive and the active. And the whole process is just really to get to know you in an ideal world we meet everyone face to face what we did before launching what i did before launching match me in scotland is i did a survey um around scotland surveyed a lot of people to understand what were their issues with online dating and a lot of things that came up was um safety and security so we vet people to make sure that they are who they say they are. We check mm -hmm. their ID. And in Scotland, we have, um, we pay council tax for our uh, our apartments. And we need to, on it, it says if you're, you get a discount if you're a single occupant. So oh, okay. We check that bill to make sure that they are single occupant. And if obviously people have, some people have flatmates, we kind of make sure that, you know, as much, as best as we can that if it's a flatmate that it is actually a flatmate and not a significant um, other lover. yeah <laughs> other things that people were saying obviously about catfishing again that helps with with the id and um, so we just kind of listened to the qualms that people were having a lot of it was about ghosting um and the whole thing about using a matchmaker is it's accountability i'm going to ring you up and say you know how did the date? How did the date go? Get some mm -hmm. feedback from them, fill that back, and you know you don't have it. I think if people know that they have to answer to someone, they're going to be on their best behavior. <laughs> they're not yeah. going to, to ghost people. Exactly, and I think that you know when people are paying somebody to help them, it means that they're serious and ready and taking it seriously. And so exactly. with with dating apps, like you can swipe through a hundred different profiles and you have absolutely no accountability. Like you could talk to someone for a week and then never speak to them again, not losing anything, you know, like with this, you actually have to take it seriously. And I think that there's also a difference of like people who aren't dating apps, like might be taking dating seriously, but they also might not. But somebody who's going through this process is genuinely looking for somebody. And so I think that they're going to be more open-minded also to possibilities. And I mean, also, you know, you go through a whole process to, so um, when we do a consultation with people, we ask various questions. We ask a lot about your personality, which people find really difficult to, to say. I don't know why. I guess people aren't used to talking about themselves. But as soon as I ask, how would your friends and family describe you, then they're able to sort of tell you a bit more. And uh, we also ask about their past relationships, mm -hmm. um, how long they were in a relationship, um, what happened how, why did the relationship break down we also ask um what what they learned from the relationship we ask about 
you know, what they want in an ideal partner, what traits they find attractive, what traits they find unattractive, what's your non-negotiables. Um, we also talk about religion and politics, especially in, you know, these times that we're living in the moment with, um, yeah, US politics and UK politics, I think, yeah. being at the forefront of media um, for the last you know four or five years mm-hmm. um and also in scotland we've got a big issue with scottish independence and i do have people that would say oh i wouldn't date someone who voted for it or i wouldn't vote or i wouldn't date someone who voted against it i have also have people that say i don't really mind one way or mm-hmm. another and the same with religion you know you have people that are you know i only want to date um a christian or a muslim or whatever it may be and likewise Oh, I'm not religious, but I wouldn't mind if someone was, as long as they don't impose it on me. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the core questions that we ask is where you want to be in five years in a relationship, if you want to have children, and if you if marriage is important to you. Um, so we look at those core things first, and um, you know that would be my first protocol if someone wanted kids, and you know I'm not going to match them with someone that that doesn't. Um, totally. We. Th- then we are we also talk about people how they are in a relationship and how they deal with conflict um and what are their love languages like how they show love and how they you know receive love there has to be some sort of compatibility there and it doesn't mean that okay well i think i like someone to um buy me little gifts or token gifts or whatever it may be it doesn't mean that i'm not going to match you up with someone that doesn't do that it's just being aware um if the other person's aware of what that person needs to feel loved, then we can share that information with them. But to make a match, it's more about personality. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we look at the core values and then we go down to sort of personality and who we think would be a good match personality-wise. Yeah, that's so fascinating and so interesting because on I actually on my last episode we talked about the five love languages and like did all that, which I think is so fun um, and so important. It's so insightful to your own life and par- a partner's life. And I think it really helps um, keep a connection because when you know how you want to receive love and how you normally give love, like for example, like I only got 7% on receiving gifts, but I love to give gifts to people. And so it's really interesting because how you receive love isn't always how you want to give live, which is just fascinating to me. But that that's such an interesting process and so important. And what you were saying about the core values lining up, I have literally preached this to the end of the world that if your core values do not align, it is never going to work. Because how do you expect to have a happy, successful relationship or marriage if you don't fundamentally want the same things out of life. I mean, that's just, you're setting yourself up for failure if you, if you don't, because otherwise, you know, what are you, what are you expecting? So that's so good and so interesting. And what would you say that you've noticed people's biggest um, draw is? Like, what would you say the kind of top things that are like non-negotiables for people? And then what would you say is kind of like bottom of the line for people? Usually the non-negotiables are around um, drugs, smoking, oh, um, uh-huh. those sort of things. Um, I have had a few people um, talk about height and uh, <laughs> physical things, but not a lot. I have to say that I think 
this whole year of lockdown and COVID has made us less fickle about mm-hmm. these things which aren't really important. And it's funny because I actually challenge people. Um, you know, everyone, it's like everything. If you're paying for a service, you want everything. You know, you want all the bells and the whistles. So people mm-hmm. come with this wish list. And I'm, you know, someone said to me, okay, I want the, the guy to be over six foot tall. And I'm saying, well, you're five foot six. So is is it really necessary? Yes, yes, it's really necessary. Okay, so if I find you your ideal man, you said you want this, you want that, you want, you know, that he's kind, that he has a good job, that he's driven, that he's a good communicator. If I find you all of that and he's very handsome, yeah, he's five foot nine. Do you not want me to introduce you to him? you need to be realistic mm-hmm. also another really funny point at the moment is um people are more open about location i thought mm-hmm. people would be like okay within like an hour drive radius you know like and scotland's quite big and you know it'll could probably take you five or six hours traveling so people are like oh yeah kind of anywhere in scotland is fine I'm like okay so i think you know people for people are actually looking for the right person not the right location yeah and I think that you're so right about this past year just really teaching us like what's important and what we really want and I feel like that's been the case kind of for a lot of people people who you know have lived very busy lives and put their work first all the time are kind of realizing you know hey there's so much more to life than than what I've been doing and I think it's the same thing with relationships like people have really taken a moment to step back and be like okay what if I have to if this happens again would I want to quarantine with this person would I want to be with them all the time what they look like is not going to matter if I have to spend every single second with them you know I want someone who is compatible with personalities and that I can live with and that I can enjoy my time with and do these little small things that aren't these like extravagant trips or, you know, like genuinely spending time and connecting with this person has become so much more important, which I, I think is amazing. And I think it's given us a moment to step back and truly like evaluate what is important to us and what we want moving forward. A hundred percent. And I get that all the time. I have, you know, a lot of, it's mostly sort of professionals that come to me and, they have been very career driven and there is a hint of regret a lot of them when they speak to me um I don't actually think that you need to um that you can't have a relationship and be successful in your work oh totally Um, I think that you can definitely do both yeah. yeah so I think there have been some people that felt that they couldn't balance it and chose their uh their work over a relationship which is fine if that's right for you that that's not an issue but I think this year has made people kind of look on, like you said look back on it and say actually was that the right decision and they're, they're starting to to regret that so that's quite the good thing about using a matchmaker as well because you get people that aren't in that are in a different dating pool than you and because we get a lot of people that come to us that are uh, managers directors of companies and solicitors teachers doctors that they can't have an on 
I mean, they can, but they don't want to have an online profile because they don't want their clients or their employees seeing them. Yeah. So they're actually quite happy that we have opened because it gives them an option because in the last year, the only option has been online dating. So they have Mm -hmm. absolutely no no way of finding anyone at all whereas now they're like okay actually there is an option for me and it's discreet you know no yeah. one's going to see who's on my books at mm-hmm. All. Mm-hmm. no that's that's amazing and like you said it, this past year there's not really been another option for meeting new people that are outside of your life and your circle besides you know online dating and we've already talked about all the risks that come with that. And then with this, you have the opportunity to genuinely connect with someone that, you know, has been facilitated for you. And you already know that you have things in common or your core values line up and that you're both already interested in each other because your process sets you up for. Okay. So what's the process once you think that you have two people who would be compatible? Yeah, so I basically send each other their profiles. I, I create their profile, I write it. So it's quite good as well because if you think if you're writing your own dating profile, you're not you're you're gonna well, most people are quite humble, you know, and they don't say mm-hmm. as much. Whereas if it's written from my point of view and I'm describing you, I can sing your praises a lot more. It doesn't come across as you being boastful you know I can let the other person know if you do charity work or you know this is how your friends and, and family describe you because um, sometimes you get some quotes if if your friends and family want to chip in sort of thing because it, it adds you know an, an extra layer of credibility yeah. um, to you as well and part of our packages some of our packages also include a session with a photographer that specializes in dating photography because there's a lot of psychology about your photographs um as well apparently for example the more colorful it is the more likely you'll get chosen so if any of your really that's fascinating dating, the more colorful your photos the better and um, so we get a session with them where we just had one last week where the girl really loved um yoga so she had taken her yoga mat with her and um, like her yoga outfit Uh she also had like her sort of normal outfit and she loved reading and stuff so she had some she had some like on her yoga mat just doing you know the prayer pose no dumb or dog or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) and um other photographs she loved it was by the sea in edinburgh um where she loves and she brought some books with her she really likes reading and her bicycle and stuff Aww. so it's just to get a sort of sense of your personality captured in the photograph yeah so yeah so I I send each of the profile each person their profile and if they both say yes actually I would like to meet this person but before I actually call them and say I find this good person for you and explain to them why I think that person is good for them then they see the profile and then they decide yes and if it's a yes at the moment what happens is basically I write an email copy them in introduce them and they come up with um they organize their date but in the future because we did that survey at the very start um over 50 percent of the respondents said that they would like a matchmaker to come up with creative dates so down the line when things open and we can do more than just going for a walk Mm -hmm. we will be organizing some fun dates maybe like 
chocolate making classes or uh, wine tasting or depending on what the couple's um interest shared interest Mm -hmm. in you can get something like maybe like a surf lesson or or something like that's fun I love that. Yeah, right now, obviously, options are a bit limited, so <laughs> that's hard. But no, that that is so good. And what would you say the percentage of people when you show a profile and you say, I think that you guys would be compatible? Is it, you know, most of the time, do people say, okay, yeah, I want to meet them? Yeah, most of the time. And I guess it's because, you know, we have that, um, the trust, like we've built that up. They've had mm-hmm. an in-depth consultation with me. They've spoken to me quite a few times. And also I'm explaining to, explaining to them why I've chosen this person. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, I mean, everyone is free to say no. But yeah. I, I, again, sort of challenge why. Because a lot of people say, a lot of people don't actually know what they want. And, you know, they need someone else to sort of challenge them a little bit and say, you told me that you wanted this, this, and this, and this person has that. So what's your reason for not wanting to meet them? What, are you, what have you got to lose by um, not meeting them or mm-hmm. by meeting them? Um, so I'd say there's a high percentage of people that actually go on dates. That's awesome. I think sometimes, you know, we all do that when we're like, oh, I don't know. And someone else is like, but why? And we're kind of like, well, I guess I don't really know why (laughs) or I don't really have a reason or you know you're right sometimes we need that extra push to you know I know there's been times where I've been like starting to date someone and I'll talk to a friend and be like I don't know if I like them and they're like why like they've been great there's been nothing wrong and I'm like well I don't know if they'll like fit into my life or I don't know if you know I want to make that commitment and they're like okay but you've told me this so why why is it changing now and sometimes I think that we just need that extra little push to really make ourselves think about why we're feeling that way or why we're thinking that. And sometimes it is just being like irrational or just not being open. And so I think that that's fantastic that, you know, it's, you're like their sounding board. I know we've talked about, you know, in uh, the future doing those creative dates and that's amazing. And I recommend for everybody dating, if you're at the beginning, do something that you have something else to focus on, on the date, because then you always, you know, have something to talk about. And if it gets like to be a silence, which there's always going to be those silences when you're getting to know someone, it gives you the opportunity to kind of talk about what you're doing or say, oh, have you ever done anything like this before? So I think that that's a really good just like dating tip for people. So you said that people's biggest hard no is, you know, like drugs or things like that. And then what would you say people's like the thing that they're looking for most would you say that that would be I really want to get married I really want to have kids like what's the the main thing that people are saying like I really want this and this is a non-negotiable for me yeah it's it's probably like you said kids Mm -hmm. and that's the big one there's not so much um that big focus on marriage anymore I think people don't think it's the be all and end all they do want a serious long-term relationship but Mm -hmm. because I challenge them and say you know oh yeah, I'd like to get married. And I say, okay, so if I came up with someone who ticked all, all the boxes, but they didn't believe in the institution of marriage, is that a no? And probably the ones that have said that they really want to get married, about 70% have said, no, that's not a big deal. Interesting. You do have, still have some people that are like, no, I, I've always imagined my wedding and I really mm-hmm. do want to get married. And then the kids is another one. Um, it's quite interesting actually and quite liberating 
um, I'm getting a lot of women that are saying that they don't want to have kids. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I'm not saying it was a taboo or a stigma. There was a bit of a stigma. You couldn't really say that you didn't want kids because, like, in the past, I find, like, people would be like, oh, you'll change your mind. Um, yeah. Oh, when you get older, this, that, the other. So I think it's quite liberating. And I think it's quite a good thing that people are realising that, you know, not every woman or every man should have kids because I think that there yeah. is a lot of people that have had kids that shouldn't have kids. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Unfortunately, you know, th- those kids have grown up. Um, yeah, and also, <laughs> yeah, it's, I I so agree with you, and I feel very passionately about, you know, women are not on this earth to have children. They do not have to be mothers. They do not have to, you know, that is not their duty. Yes, it's an opportunity that they have, but if they do not want to, do not. And also, you know, it's so hard because some people who never have kids, you never know what's going on in someone else's life. You don't know what their experience has been with fertility or infertility or anything like that. And so when people always ask like, oh, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? When are you doing all these things? It's like, you never know what is going on in someone's life. And that's not just, it shouldn't be an assumption that every woman is going to have children or can have children. And so I think that, you know, that I'm so glad to see that it's becoming more okay for women to focus on their careers or just be in a happy relationship and not want children and want to experience other things in life. And I mean, personally, like, you know, if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have said, oh, by, you know, 25, I'd be married with children. And now I'm 25. And all I want to do is travel the world by myself, you know. And so I think that also we grow and change so much that until you're 1000% sure that that's what you want, it's okay to say, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll have kids, maybe I won't, but I don't have to know from the time that I'm six years old playing house that I like want to have children. And that's going to be, you know, my one goal in life. Like, I think that it's so, so, so okay to have other goals that you want to reach and other things you want to accomplish. And, um, you know, if, if you eventually have children, that's amazing. And that's a choice that you get to make. So you, I really feel passionately about this. So (laughs) when you said that, I was like, yes, (laughs) yes. No, I agree with you. And I think, you know, as a society, we need to talk about it more. We need to talk a lot more about fertility issues and we need to talk a lot more about miscarriage. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I'm 32, that this is just something that has, you know, come up in in my life um, in the last maybe five years with friends and family Mm -hmm. um, members. And I I have to put my hands up and say, you know, when I was, you know, 20, in my early 20s, and I didn't know any better, you know, I would have cousins that got married and I'd be like, you know, oh, so when are you going to have kids uh, or friends? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just because it's not talked about, you know, especially yeah. with regards to miscarriage, how common it actually is. Yeah, um, it is. But you're right, it's no one's business but your own. In my in my dorm room, I had this quote on my wall that I absolutely loved, and it says, um, "Everybody you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about." And I just think that that's so important. And you know, we really have no idea what somebody is going through or what their life looks like behind the little part that we get to see. And so it's it's such a common issue. And I personally know people who have you know had so much trouble. And I think, like you were saying, we've all done that. We've all said, oh, "When are you going to have kids?" And you know, it's it doesn't come from a place, a bad place. It comes from, you know, a place of excitement and love and, you know, for that person. But, you know, there's so many reasons and so many different things behind it. So 
yeah, I definitely agree that it needs to be talked about. And part of the reason that I started this podcast and called it Regardless of Reputation was because I wanted to have conversations about, you know, things that other people don't necessarily talk about all the time and things that should be normalized in our society because there's so many things that even with like, say, like talking about sex, like there's like certain topics you can talk about sex and that's okay. But then as soon as you move outside of those lines, it's like, oh, oh no, we can't have this conversation. But it's like, what makes one thing okay to talk about and the other not when like these are all experiences that people have and we're all, you know, going through life just trying to do the best we can. And um, it's so hard when you don't have, you know, necessarily people to talk to about in your own life or um, if you didn't grow up in a super like open family. I mean, I'm so lucky that my mom's like my best friend in the entire world and I'm so comfortable to talk to her about whatever and growing up it was so nice to be able to have that but I know a lot of people don't and so um just having these conversations like shouldn't shouldn't cause so much like disruption in society the more we talk about things the more productive and successful everybody can be so I feel very passionately about that also but back to the matchmaking um is there anything that you found surprising when you started um no not really if I'm honest with you Mm -hmm. um one thing that that has come up which I find quite sad um and again it's not about the process it's just I think um, it's a big issue in our society. I am getting older people contact me um, that are feeling very isolated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're looking for a companionship. And it's just kind of highlighted, again, like another sort of area in in our society that's being neglected. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I can tell, like, they just want to talk to me. You know, yeah. they just want to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, you know, quite interesting. And a lot of times I just sit and have a conversation with, with them for an hour because, you know, they've told me that they haven't really seen anyone in a year and that kind of breaks my heart. It's and it's so sad. Yeah. Maybe a better answer to your question. Things that surprise me, you know, people are quite open when they get to know me and, mm-hmm. you know, do open up about their past and just some of the actual heartbreaking stories of how people have been treated in their relationships um that's been quite hard um there was a lady that made me cry <laughs> no her story it was just very quite sad and um I think as well I'm quite a sensitive person but when you have people that their partner the love of their life have passed away you know <sighs> even if it's many years ago um it's such a lovely story but it's really yeah. hard especially if you know when they're quite young and there's children left behind as well so mm. also all of the stories from online dating um I've had you know things someone that did a bigamist and um <laughs> you know all these kind of interesting ones but then you get quite scary ones about stalkers and yeah um, scammers um so yeah. they're like big issues at the moment as well yeah, I'm sure that you kind of get the whole array. What are like the typical age range that you have and then kind of like the top and bottom of the age range? So, yeah, the tip, the typical or, you know, the, the majority of the people are kind of early 30s to 47, that sort of age. But then we have, well, actually, maybe 55. We have kind of early 50s, maybe people that have been divorced and are looking again. Um, but the oldest one at the moment is 67. 
and the youngest one is 24. Okay. So yeah, there is a big sort of um, range there. Yeah. And it's quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I bet. And so that's including your like active members and your like dating pool. So I also, I don't think that, I mean, you've told me separately, but I don't think that we ever actually explained kind of like how the active and inactive members um, worked. Yeah. So do you want to kind of um, briefly talk about how you actually, like when you're looking to match somebody, what your process is for finding them a match? Perfect. Yeah. So we'll have the active members that will pay me to um, match someone with them and then we have the passive members which are um, people that want to join the dating pool and be an option for the active members so my first protocol is to match an active member with an active member that's the ideal scenario and if not then we go to our passive members and I have a look in to see I have a consultation with all of them so I get to know them as well but just to see who I think would be a good fit um and if there's no one there what I do is um I use a lot of my social media um advertising because I worked in oil and gas recruitment for a long time I've got quite a lot a big network mm-hmm. um on my LinkedIn so that's my first port of call and also my Instagram and my Facebook. So it really depends, but if someone does a photo shoot, we ask them if they want to have the opportunity to get a photo, which is anonymous. So for example, the girl that did the yoga, they took a picture of her on the yoga mat from behind. Mm -hmm. Um, So you couldn't identify who she was. And then, uh, well, it's going to go out next week. I'm going to put up an anonymous profile with that photograph explaining, you know, who that person is like female 30 whatever she Mm -hmm. works in in a creative industry whatever it might be and just you know what she likes to do what she's looking for uh, what her ideal partner would be etc so I've done a few of those before on my social media and they've gone down quite well oh I'd like to know her and Uh sign up through that as well very cool so that's that's really awesome and I love how you kind of have different layers it really sounds like most of the people are you know like professionals that are looking to expand their life you know adding okay I have everything else figured out I just am missing this portion of my life and so that's amazing and have you had any you just started in November what would you say like the success rate of people going on second dates is after they meet for their little walk (laughs) (laughs) as obviously it's been so new we haven't had loads of um, matches Mm -hmm. we do have a couple who spent Christmas together oh Um, wow yeah which was quite bad but it was just the circumstances here and um, she was from England and um, they live in Edinburgh and he's from um, the Highlands mm-hmm. in Scotland but it was going to be in Scotland that you would have five days over Christmas that you could mix with three households so they were both going to go home individually and literally a few days before Christmas the government said no you're only allowed one day which is um Christmas day and you weren't allowed to cross borders from Scotland to England or England to Wales Mm -hmm. Mm etc so the girl wasn't able to go 
so basically she um was going to stay and she'd already kind of formed a bubble with the guy mm -hmm. since they met a few weeks before and for him it was going to be a four-hour drive home mm -hmm. um, for one day and he was like you know what it's not worth it let's let's stay and let's um spend it together and part of the package is they can freeze their membership if they want to see how things go because the packages are like six months or 12 months uh -huh. memberships, depending on which one you choose the silver package is a 12 month membership and you can freeze your membership for three months so mm -hmm. he's frozen his membership to get to know her a bit more Aww. um but so far so good that's been quite a good success um for them and i've had um three other couples that have gone on second dates and gone on so probably that's awesome wise we're talking um to go on to a second date 70% that's pretty good that's yeah. awesome wow I'm so excited to see how it progresses once you have been doing it you know a little bit longer and had a chance to match more people and all that kind of stuff that's that's amazing and I love love so even though I don't personally want to be in love right now I love love <laughs> so with the memberships like if if they meet somebody outside of the program can they pause the membership still and kind of explore that other relationship or is it only if they're in like with somebody else from from your matchmaking no they can freeze it for any reason they want and um, so that's not an issue it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. um, but I tend to find that the people that come to me they're not on online dating they, mm -hmm. you know it's not for them so yeah if they, if they find someone outside I'm like I want to know where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. please direct me there thank you, you so much do anything. you've just been in your house for, for yeah where did yeah. you find this person I know like no, at the yeah. gas station <laughs> Your membership doesn't actually start until you receive your first match and your first match is you saying yes and the other person saying yes so oh. i always tell um my members that or people that are signing up from the very start i'm like look i'm not a a genie it, it's not going to be you've been single for five years and then next week i'm like okay here's the person it, mm -hmm. might, it might just be luck that it would happen like that but the whole point of using a matchmaker is to get more quality dates rather mm -hmm. than more dates so i say look it could be a month it could be two months until i find the right person for you because for me i don't have the pressure of okay this person paid me money i need to get them someone asap mm -hmm. um i would rather be upfront and say look i when i come to you it's because it's someone that i genuinely think that you're going to get on this and it's a it's a quality match mm -hmm. and i think people are actually find that quite that honesty quite refreshing yeah and they like that idea because nobody wants to waste their time anymore never mind the fact that going on dates are is expensive so, yeah yeah uh, yeah so i think people really actually they they like that i'm quite upfront about that yeah i got my heart broken pretty bad a couple years ago and um after i was like mom like i have gone on some dates i have but nobody is you know sparking that interest in me even after I'd like taken time to myself and like you know gone through the process of letting myself start to heal and all that and my mom was like well love special because it's 
doesn't happen every day. You know, you <laughs> you have to allow yourself time. It wouldn't be this great special thing that everyone wants if it just happened with every Joe Schmo you picked up off the street. And so um, I think that that's great and really important for people to, you know, realize. And also you might have to do it a few times before you find the right the right thing and that's okay. And you get to learn and grow from every single one of those experiences, which is so great. And then you move forward and you know more what you want and you can be a better version of yourself for whoever your next partner is. Exactly. I got a lot of people on Valentine's like messaging me saying, oh, you know, I'm feeling a bit down on, on Valentine's. And because I put up this post on Instagram saying, be your own Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things on my social media about self-love and self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I just said to them, look, you know, it's better to be single than in a relationship wishing you were single. Yeah, like, totally. You know, you're there. And of course, we're bombarded on social media about love and happiness. And, oh, I'm so happy, like from people that are in couples. But mm-hmm. the reality underneath it is a lot of them aren't happy. It's just yeah. so sad. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, I, I've been single for a couple years now, but I truly have not found anybody that I've been like, I think that you could be, you know, someone important and special in my life. And so I've just taken the past couple years and traveled and done all these things that I've wanted to do. And I'm writing a poetry book and like started this podcast and just enjoying life on my own because also once you find that person you're never going to get that time back and so why spend it you know miserable and single as opposed to like living your best life and also how much more attractive is it to meet somebody who has a great group of friends and a good job and is fulfilled on their own like you don't want a partner that's can't be on their own or isn't fulfilled at least I know I don't like I don't want you know somebody who's going to be codependent and needs to be hanging out or talking all the time like you want somebody who has their own life and can be their own person and then you like join together and uh yeah I hate when people think that they can't be happy until they're in a relationship because the truth is you won't be happy in a relationship until you can be happy on your own exactly 100 I couldn't say it better myself you probably could but (laughs) but I appreciate it But I, I truly just believe that. Okay, so we are kind of going to start wrapping up the podcast now. We have covered so, so many topics, and I think that it will be really helpful for people to, you know, just kind of get a better idea of what you do, and um, I would love to have you just say once again where people can find you. That would be fantastic. Perfect, yeah. So I'm on Instagram. My kind of personal brand is at the Tartan Matchmaker. And the company is at Match Made in Scotland. And where can they find you on Facebook? It's Match Made in Scotland. Awesome. That sounds great. And then did you have any closing remarks or anything before we wrap this up? No, I just wanted to thank you for inviting me. I've had an absolute blast and apologies for spending half of the time not talking about matchmaking (laughs) or dating, but um, I just have too many opinions about too many things. Hey, don't we all? I started a podcast so I could force people to listen to me talk all the time. So, you know, (laughs) it is a-okay. I so appreciate having you on and sharing your experience. And I will definitely have all of your information linked in my Instagram and I am just so thankful for you being here and having such a wonderful episode with me.
Thank you. But yeah, thanks guys so much. And don't forget to read the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and you can listen to Regardless of Reputation with me every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Thank you guys so much and I will see you next week.